Welcome to my mommy's podcast. This episode is sponsored by Zero Acre Farms, an innovative and healthy alternative to seed oils. You probably know that seed oils are a huge problem. They've been linked to widespread health and environmental issues, yet they are in practically everything we eat. And that's because seed oils are cheap and they're found in most restaurant and packaged foods. They are unfortunately very high in inflammatory linoleic acid and omega-6 fatty acids. But Zero Acre Farms is here to change that. Their cultured oil is an all-purpose cooking oil with over 90% heart-healthy and heat-stable monounsaturated fat, meaning it has more monounsaturated fat than even olive and avocado oil, and up to 10 times less omega-6 fats than even olive and avocado oils. Cultured oil contains less than 3% omega-6, while olive and avocado contain up to 21% or more. Their oil also has a high smoke point, 485 degrees, and a clean, neutral taste, making it perfect for everything from cooking to baking and salad dressings, and it serves as a one-to-one replacement for all liquid oils. It's great for frying, roasting, sauteing, stir-frying, baking, dressing, drizzling, and baking. I love the neutral taste, and I've been using it in my baking, in salad dressing, and even in homemade mayo. Since it's made by fermentation, cultured oil has a 10 times smaller environmental footprint than vegetable oils, and it uses 85% less land than canola oil and requires 99% less water than olive oil. Its infinitely recyclable aluminum packaging completely blocks UV light, which prevents oxidation, and it's gluten-free, vegan, and glyphosate residue-free certified and allergen-friendly, as well as Whole30 approved. Zero Acre Farms is offering you free shipping on your first order. You can get free shipping by going to wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash zero acre. That's Z-E-R-O-A-C-R-E. Make sure to use the code wellnessmama at checkout. This episode is sponsored by Juve Red Light. You guys know how seriously I take my health routine and red light has been a non-negotiable part of that routine for years. I'm sure you've heard me talk about Juve before. It's spelled J-O-O-V-V and I use it to support healthy cellular function, which is the foundation of health. Having healthy cellular function gives me peace of mind that my body is working efficiently and has the energy it needs to go throughout the day. There are also many clinically proven benefits to red light therapy, and I've personally experienced changes in my skin and hair, and I support my thyroid through red light. I love that Juve's modular design allows for a variety of setup options that gives you flexibility. Plus, the treatments are super easy and can be done in as little as 10 minutes. So all I have to do is relax and let my body take in the light. Juve offers several different size options, including a wireless handheld device called the Juve Go that's great for targeting specific areas around your body, like sore joints or sore muscles. You can check out all of Juve's products today. And while you're there, Juve is offering my listeners an exclusive discount on their first order. Just go to juve.com slash wellnessmama and apply my code wellnessmama to your order. Again, that's J-O-O-V-V dot com slash wellnessmama to pick up a Juve today and use the code Wellness Mama to save. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Mama podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com and this episode is all about ozone and how to use ozone therapy at home. I'm here with Michael Lowe, who when his brother developed a rare brain cancer and became a guinea pig for medical institutions, it left him without the critical thinking processes he once had. So Micah turned to alternatives in hopes of finding some help for his brother and in the middle of nursing school came across ozone therapy. He then took a journalistic approach to really researching and understanding ozone and he now is, as I said, a journalist on behalf of ozone therapy and he has rippled his work into over 10,000 doctors and others practicing with ozone therapy and has worked with hundreds of thousands of patients receiving ozone treatments. He is an owner of Simply O3, which is an ozone equipment company. 
and his mission is to reduce suffering in the world. He thinks ozone is one of the major ways we can do that. And in this episode, we go deep on what ozone is, the many ways that you can use ozone therapy at home, the different types and how they impact the body differently, including local application versus systemic use. Um, We talk about different types of insufflation of ozone, including uh, rectal insufflation, ear insufflation, and, and more, how to use ozone to support oral health, how to make ozone water or oil at home, the reason that people are careful about not breathing in ozone and how it can be uncomfortable in the lungs, but it's fine for other areas of the body. We talk about why ozone is a hormetic therapy and why it's a natural, powerful, antiviral, antibacterial, and antifungal. And then he also talked a little bit about biohacking and some of his own personal non-negotiables for health. So if you've ever been curious about ozone or wanted to try it at home, this episode has all the information you need to do that. And let's join Michael Lowe. Micah, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Well, I'm excited to learn everything ozone from you today because this has been a recent research topic for me and something I've been experimenting with. But before we jump into that, I had a couple other quick things that I would love to just talk to you about. The first being, I think you are also working on a building project of sort of a biohackery space playground where people can come visit. And I've done something similar where I live when people come visit us and it's the place where I keep all of the kind of more obscure biohacky equipment. And I would just love to hear what you're stocking yours with. Yeah. Um, I mean, the general concept is because uh, we're in mid-Michigan, I want to incentivize people to come visit us. So like family and friends coming around, uh, I wanted to have a space for them. And our house is pretty small too. So we can't really fit a ton of, we don't really have any space in there. So I needed something separate, but yeah, I mean, as far as like tools, I just want to have like ice bath, sauna, red light therapy, obviously ozone therapy, and we'll kind of see what comes up, but yeah, just top six or seven things I would say probably in there probably won't be loaded out with a ton of stuff, but I think it'll be fun to do with family and friends. I love that. And I also have a note that ice baths got rid of your asthma symptoms and I am curious your experience with that because I still have a love-hate relationship with ice baths, but I do them because I know that they are great. But what happened? How did they get rid of your asthma? Yeah. So I got into it not knowing anything about the benefits of like cold exposure or really knowing anything. Like I had seen like obviously like videos of people doing like polar plunges, but never really. I thought it was something that crazy people just did for fun and for the thrill of it. Right. So um, but we go out to Washington in the summers to stay with my wife's side of the family and uh, they live on the what's called the Hood Canal. So it's an inlet from the ocean. And the water is a little bit cooler than normal. I don't, I don't know, maybe like 65 degrees, not super cold. But it was cold enough to when it would be like a nice summer day, like 90 degrees out, 85 degrees out. I would jump in and my lungs would constrict to where I couldn't talk. So it was kind of embarrassing, uh, just like jumping into totally normal water almost. And just being like, oh, I can't breathe. I can't talk to people. And then it takes me a while to regain my breath and that kind of thing. So it basically came from embarrassment. But my thought line was, I wonder if I can practice this. I wonder if I can practice cold exposure. And I would get essentially more attuned or more accustomed to the cold. And my lungs would get better or at least not constrict up when I got cold. And so I started with cold showers. I would just do like a two minute breathing exercise and I would do the cold showers or the cold bath. Sometimes I would just drop cold bath water and I would do it for at least a couple minutes. And I noticed like my, my breathing and my tight chestedness would go away for a little bit afterwards. And I kept on doing it for a couple months. And then, yeah, just after a while, I was like, I don't have any asthma symptoms anymore. They're just gone. And uh, it was really the only thing I had implemented into my life at that point was the cold exposure. So I know it was from that. 
And I can more confidently say that because I have like no skin in the game. I don't sell any ice bath stuff or anything like that. And, you know, I feel good about saying that. But yeah, for me, I got rid of my asthma symptoms and I've just kept on going down the rabbit trail and learned a lot about cold exposure. I have an Instagram that's like probably 30% cold exposure. And I do a lot of stuff on that just because I really like it. And uh, yeah, it has a ton of benefits to it that I didn't even know about just by like increasing your metabolism or increasing brown fat, which is a secretory organ that helps with like thyroid production. So if you're low or high on thyroid, it can modulate that and all sorts of really cool stuff. So now I do like 33 degree water almost every day for three to seven minutes and don't have any problem with uh, my lungs constricting. That's awesome. I, um, I've, was excited when I learned that the brown fat aspect staying in slightly warmer, so still cool, but like in the 50s water for longer periods of time might also be helpful for brown fat. So now I kind of alternate, but I feel like it's much more bearable to just sit in a still cold, but slightly warmer bath and listen to a podcast than to get in that like the 32, 33 is bitingly cold. So I'm impressed that you're doing that every day. Well, you have to work up to it. And I think there's something I'm attracted to when there's like something beneficial like exercise or ice baths that has some pain associated with it that I'm just like naturally inclinated towards because it's like a challenge to a degree. And so for me, I actually look forward to it and enjoy it. Or Todd Chipman was telling me about combo. And then these girls I was with was saying, oh, you almost die. It's like an eight hour thing. And I was like almost interested. And then he's like, no, it's like a 30 minute thing. And I was like, oh, I'm sold. I'm going to do combo just just almost because it's a little bit difficult to do, you know. I love it. I have also done combo with Todd many times and uh, I'll link to our podcast about it in the show notes for anybody who that's a new concept for. But I'm most excited today to learn from you about something that you are an expert in that I am just beginning to learn about, which is ozone therapy. And there's a lot of different directions we could go in this and then we will hopefully get through most of them. But to start off broad, can you just walk us through what ozone is, ozone itself? Yeah. So a lot of people have heard about like the ozone layer or ozone as a pollutant, it's a gas, right? So ozone is O3, while oxygen is O2. So it's very closely related to oxygen. It just has that extra oxygen atom on there, which makes it very unstable. But we can produce pure medical grades of this ozone gas, and we can elicit a lot of benefits from it. So it's applied intravenously. It can be applied rectally, vaginally, onto the skin, into the mouth. There's a lot of different ways, and they all have their different purposes. So you don't just do like the same thing for everybody, right? It depends on like, do you have dysbiosis, like a gut issues? versus like a vaginal infection versus like a systemic infection, like Lyme disease. So there's a lot of different applications, but essentially we're taking this ozone gas, medical grade gas and applying it somewhere into the body. I feel like for a lot of people, um, maybe they've only heard of ozone in relation to like the ozone layer or ozone in the atmosphere or something like that. And so I think it's fascinating to understand that there are some really unique and specific uses, like you said, in the body. And I'm curious how you got into ozone therapy, because I feel like this is something that has been around for a long time, but is also sort of just emerging as a more available at home type of modality. Yeah. So it's kind of a long story, but to not go on too long with it. Um, Essentially, my brother had a glioblastoma and a rare form of it. So that's brain cancer. And he was going through the Johns Hopkins medical system, which is, you know, the poster child of like medicine, essentially, right? It's really good for like cancer research and all sorts of stuff. And he lived past the time frame that they thought he would live or that really any other patients would and said, hey, we don't really know what to do at this point. We can do some experimental stuff and kind of see what happens. And 
And so they did. They did a lot of experimental stuff. So in one example, they uh, gave them a very toxic like chemotherapy drug that only was supposed to work with 13% of people based on a certain genotype they had. So he had a huge reduction in quality of life between that, like open brain surgeries that were experimental and different stuff. So kind of seeing the track record of that, it, it was like, well, what are some like natural things that can be helpful or some alternatives out there that can be helpful? You know, maybe this system obviously just doesn't know exactly what to do. So they're trying stuff out and it's greatly reducing his quality of life. And he had lost a lot of his critical thinking processes through those open brain surgeries. So uh, he was, uh, was a really intelligent man. But, um, you know, it, that took away from some of his ability to kind of think through some of that stuff. So our family and myself included kind of started to venture into other things. So we started with like hyperbaric oxygen, which was massively helpful for him. It greatly improved his quality of life, his energy, reduced toxic side effects, and through just like kind of that research and that opening of a paradigm, becoming more aware that, hey, there's this whole world of natural, integrative, alternative modalities that can be helpful, you know, maybe not FDA approved, but they're like safe and effective and work for a lot of different stuff. Just really opened up that world. We found or found ozone therapy and there's a lot of research on it helping with cancer patients undergoing chemotherapy in that it greatly reduces fatigue, greatly improves quality of life. Uh, some research indicating that it can even induce apoptosis, which is like a programmed cell death of the cancer and some things like that. At the same time, I was going through nursing school, kind of thinking I'd become a doctor eventually and go through the conventional route. I wanted to get into like mercy ships and some philanthropic stuff. It's what I wanted to do to do with my life at that point. But yeah, I, I just noticed this really big paradigm difference between what I was being taught uh, in institutions and uh, kind of what I was starting to hear from all these doctors I was talking to that were integrative and natural. And so the fundamental thing that just kind of clicked for me was I was talking with this one pharmacist one point, and I had just read Dr. Frank Schallenberger's book on, can't remember the name of it. It's like a type two diabetes breakthrough or something. But I was like, well, specifically about people who are recently diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Why are we just saying get on metformin and increase your dose over your lifetime until you die? We know that there's lifestyle factors, that there's other things that we can do, not even just by alternative methods, but conventional, right? That we know that we can do that could potentially reverse this. And the answer was, well, we don't have a drug that cures it yet. And it's like, well, that really encapsulated. And I think she was a little bit annoyed with me at that point. <laughs> so she just gave me like a response like that. But it, it really kind of encapsulated what I was hearing in the paradigm of thought through conventional medicine is like, well, we look to drugs and prescriptions and uh, invasive technologies that cost a lot of money and make us a lot of money as the primary mode of medicine. And then on the other side, integrated medicine being like, well, I want to find the root cause. I want to use first do no harm, find things that are non-toxic, that are helpful for people. And that was just like, that's what I'm going to do. So I, I got into that and I was really fascinated by ozone therapy being a really expansive subject, over 2000 medical studies at the time. But there really just wasn't a lot of implementation in terms of like a lot of doctors in the U.S. using it and that kind of thing. So I kind of saw it as an opportunity to become a journalist on behalf of ozone therapy by essentially writing articles, doing videos on all this research and compiling it into like easy to understand stuff. So like 
what's up with ozone therapy and cancer rather than going and reading 50 studies. So I did a lot of stuff like that. That really helped me gain some traction and then started a company called Simply O3 that works, uh, provides ozone therapy equipment. So that's kind of, uh, I know I said it'd be short. It can be much longer. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's how I got started. Yeah. And I think some important similarities and points there. I also actually have a background in journalism. That was my original degree. And when I had my own health struggles, I got into the health space and realized I could use, I could draw on my journalism background to sort of pull that information and make it accessible to consumers. And it sounds like you're doing that in the ozone space, which I love because like I said at the beginning, this is a topic that for a while has seemed very sciencey or out of reach or either too expensive or too complicated for people to use at home. And I feel like through education and through the products you have available, you're you're bridging that gap. You also mentioned in that story about one of the treatments not being FDA approved. And I think this is an important point to touch on because in the natural health world, there are so many things that may or may not have FDA approval. And I think as consumers, it's important to be able to look at those and really evaluate sort of the risk and benefits. And if it's something that is generally considered safe or that has very low risk of something damaging happen, but might potentially have benefits, even if it's not FDA approved, it still might be worth experimenting with on our own. And I think like I would definitely put ozone in that category. I'd love to start kind of delving into some of the different types of ozone therapies and the way that ozone can be used, especially in a home setting. So for context, I've done, um, I believe it was called EBO2, where blood was taken out and run through lighting and ozone and um, potentially some other things and then put back in, which is, I think, on the extreme more medical side of how ozone can be used. And now getting to experiment at home, I much prefer the modalities I can do at home that are less invasive and much less expensive. Um, so maybe walk us through what are some of the ways that ozone can be used therapeutically at home? Yeah. So like you said, there's kind of a whole clinical side to it. And there's a lot of stuff that you can do there. Anything from joint regeneration, skin regeneration. So like aesthetics, making your skin look nicer all the way to like IVs and systemic uh, therapies that benefit the whole body. Uh, but there's counterparts to doing that at home. So you can get like, say, IV ozone therapy. That's the big dog, right? Has the most benefits to it. Really helpful and that kind of thing. There's actually counterparts to that that still elicit the same benefits, maybe not quite as strongly, but still elicit the same benefits. And those two are rectal and vaginal insufflation. Not very glamorous, but they do work really well. So that's why people are using them for Lyme disease, cancer, mold toxicity, autoimmune conditions, infectious disease, and uh, bring it into their own home. And it can be really helpful in that regard. So, but yeah, essentially at home, there's two different categories of how to apply it. One is locally. So if I were to take like the ozone gas infuse it into water and make ozonated water i can lavage a wound with that ozonated water instead of using like an antibiotic or something like that but that's not going to benefit my whole body that might benefit like the MRSA or the infected skin or whatever i got going on there so that would be an example of like a local treatment of ozone therapy it affects one area then you have systemic which means it's eliciting a whole body response so that would be like immune modulation, balancing out the immune system, improving microcirculation, oxygen efficiency, and some stuff I'm sure we'll get into. But the two ways to do that systemic therapy are vaginal and rectal insufflation. And that basically involves taking a small amount of ozone gas and putting it up there. So uh, rectal insufflation takes like three minutes. It's not like an enema that you need to hold because the reaction time is so fast. So Really, the whole process is just capturing a small amount of that gas into like a little bag that's made for it. Uh, a small catheter, smaller than a pencil, uh, goes up and then you 
roll the bag down and that's it. And then vaginal insufflation is a little bit longer. It's like more of a five to 10 minute protocol. Um, that's where you have like an insert that's made for it. So it's an ozone insert and then it pushes the ozone gas in continuously for a few minutes. So those are the two best ways to do it at home. But again, it depends. So if you have an ear infection, do an ear insufflation, really just head issues because there is some systemic aspect to it. But if you have an ear infection, you might do ear insufflation. If you have a cavity or a dental infection, a tooth infection or something like that, you might switch around to ozone water. If you have stomach infections like Helicobacter pylori, which is a lot more common than people like to think, or parasites, drinking the ozone water can be helpful. The ozonated oils can be used on the skin. Uh, there's ozone saunas you can do. And yeah, there's there's about seven different ways you can do it at home. But I would say the big ones for people to kind of take away with would be rectal insufflation because that has the systemic benefit as well as the gut benefits. And there's so much, you know, so many people are facing some sort of gut issue, right? Whether that's dysbiosis or leaky gut or sensitivities to food, what have you, can be really helpful. And it balances out the microbiome, allows the positive microbiome to take place in addition to those systemic benefits. So it'd be rectal insufflation, ozone water, and ear insufflation are kind of the big three people do at home. That's really helpful to know. And I'd love to go a little deeper on the vaginal and rectal insufflation uses, because I didn't realize until you just said that, that those are actually considered systemic applications. It makes sense that others are more local, but is it because of those areas, it's able to actually then sort of systemically be used throughout the body, which differentiates it from, like you said, using it on a wound or in the ears? Yeah. So it's essentially that they're more receptive. So like the reason like rectal insufflation is very receptive because the mucosal lining, essentially the ozone interacts with that. It creates what are called the lipid peroxides and some other stuff. And that is absorbed into the portal vein and goes up to the liver, has a systemic effect to it. But yeah. And the, with that, it's very, very receptive. And then vaginal insufflation, it's not quite as like quick. So that's why you need more of a continuous flow of like five to 10 minutes. Um, it's called the endothelium, but that's basically just the tissue, you know, in certain parts of the body it just isn't quite as receptive. So you need more of a sustained exposure to it. Um, and yeah, you'll get a systemic uh, effect from it. And also to clarify, I know people may have heard if they're familiar with ozone that you don't want to inhale ozone directly. I'd love for you to explain like why you'd want to be careful with getting too much of it in your lungs and also how that's different than, for instance, these other uses like vaginally or rectally that we talked about as far as why it's beneficial in those areas, but not in the lungs. Yeah. So uh, that's where ozone really gets a bad rap by kind of conventional. I have yet to find a detractor that's like highly educated on ozone therapy has gone through a lot of the literature and still is like, yeah, this thing sucks. It's not worth it. It's dangerous. So a lot of people have half concepts about ozone, meaning they know like that you can't breathe it. Right. And there's a lot of uh, literature and research on that because they uh, research ground level ozone, which is what is produced when you have pollution. And so you can't breathe it because there's no antioxidant buffering system in the lungs. And the antioxidants are the things that protect the body from oxidants like ozone. So when you breathe in ozone gas, it interacts directly with the lung tissue, causing irritation. Now, if you do that for a long enough period of time, it can cause some damage and things like that. But that's really more pertaining to like really prolonged exposure, like eight hours a day. So some of the research is looking at like people working in commercial size laundromats that have like big ozone generators that are just running all day and they're in there for like 10 years. The other thing would be like super high doses. So like getting a really strong dose of ozone and just like inhaling it in, holding it 
yeah, that could cause some damage. You don't necessarily want to do that. When we're doing ozone therapy, though, by the way, it's totally like safe to smell a small amount. You can smell it at as low as five parts per million. So it's one of the most detectable molecules we know of by smell. And OSHA has a standard that's like way above that of what is deemed to be safe to smell. But you always smell it before it's at a point uh, that would be bad. You know what's bad when like you have a tickle in the back of your throat or coughing and bad in the sense that you just don't want it. I'm not saying it's bad in the sense that, oh, wow, now you have permanent damage to your lungs. No, that's really more from that prolonged exposure, sustained exposure that you're doing for a long period of time. So as long as you don't like lock yourself in a room with it and stay in there for a few hours coughing and hacking and they're like, oh, I'm just going to push through. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, in terms of like rectal vaginal uh, IV ozone, why can we apply it there? And it's safe. Like you would think that something that you can't breathe shouldn't be applied to these other parts. Well, it's because they have that antioxidant buffering system. So these antioxidants in the blood, when we apply the ozone in, it interacts instantaneously with the antioxidants and we know how much is in there. So we know like don't dose over it and then cause more stress to the body. And so it's, it's all in the dose really, but yeah, that's, that's why you can apply it to other parts of the body and it's, it's safe and it is a small stress to the body too. So it's called a hormetic therapy. And the reason for that is because we're using a stress response to build back a stronger body. And we haven't even gone into all the benefits yet, but essentially, you know, that would be like ice baths. That would be like exercise. That would be like sauna. There's a lot of different things that have a stress response that build the body back stronger. And that's really like, you can extrapolate that principle into other areas of life, like learning, like that's somewhat of a stressful situation or a challenge that's difficult, but you become more intelligent or whatever it is. And so you see that replicated throughout a lot of areas of life. And ozone is one of those where we're inducing a small amount of stress. It interacts with the antioxidant enzymes, causes a few like free radicals and that kind of stuff, which do get a little bit of a bad rap. But the body responds by creating endogenous antioxidant enzymes, which means it's going to be able to protect cells better. It's going to be able to get uh, all sorts of beneficial stuff. That makes sense. And I guess before we go further into the home uses, it might be good to delve a little bit into, you mentioned the benefits of ozone. And I love that you defined it as a hormetic stress because many of the things that we find have the longest term best benefits like exercise, like sauna use, are hormetic stressors. To your point, what are some of the benefits that we see when people use ozone either acutely or regularly? Yeah. So I guess there's a couple different ways you could go at that. You could talk about kind of the benefits people are seeing based on the disease that they have. I listed them off earlier, but the five most common reasons that people use it are cancer, Lyme, autoimmune, infectious disease, and mold toxicity, mold toxicity. But there's way more than that. There's like over 150 different uh, diseases or indications that it's been studied for. But the other way to go at it, I suppose, would be like to say what's happening in the body. So I'll start there and then we can work back the other way. So through that mechanism that I described that it goes into like the blood, interacts with the antioxidant enzymes and creates some stuff that the body responds to and comes back stronger, you get improved microcirculation, which sounds really benign, right? That's blood flow. So improving blood flow. And a lot of people have seen when you have like a product that is a comparison of blood flow before and after using their product, you know, it's usually a dark field microscope, which um, you can see the red blood cells and all that kind of stuff. Turns out that's pretty easy to do. Uh, there's a lot of different therapies that improve microcirculation. 
but it's actually really important. And ozone therapy, I think, is on like a next level of that because it works with things like peripheral vascular disease, which is when blood isn't getting to the areas it needs to, and it can actually remediate that. Um, but that's really important for nutrient and gas exchange. So our blood has to go to all these different areas of our body and give it the nutrients that it needs. That includes your organs, your fingertips, everywhere in your body. And then the blood accepts the byproduct that has been built up and then gets rid of it. So improving microcirculation improves that fundamental process. And these are just like the four categories I usually divide it into. It does a lot more, but just in terms of simplicity, and I think uh, overall the most valid immune modulation. So that would be like when your immune system it, well, it brings your immune system into balance. So if your immune system is overperforming like an autoimmune disorder where it starts to attack the body itself, it helps to quiet that down. And if it's underperforming, like say somebody has cancer or just their immune system isn't working quite properly, it helps to boost it up. So it's not just an immune boost, it's an immune balancer. And when you correct something like that, it auto corrects a lot of other stuff in the body. The third thing would be like oxygen efficiency. So there's a certain amount of oxygen I'm breathing in, right? I'm just breathing in oxygen right now. And you can measure that, but it's not telling you how well your cells are using that oxygen to convert it to energy because they require oxygen to convert that to energy. So ozone therapy is greatly beneficial in improving oxygen efficiency, which is why it's used by a lot of professional athletes and things of that nature, because they fatigue less quickly. They have uh, better metabolism, all that good stuff. And then the fourth thing would be mitigation of oxidative stress. So oxidative stress is theorized to be the leading cause of aging and disease from a fundamental standpoint. So like that's what's happening in our body that actually causes disease, that actually causes aging. And what that is, is that's, that's a balance between your antioxidants and your free radicals. Free radicals are these cell signaling molecules that are really helpful. They tell the body what to do. But when there gets to be too many of them, they don't know what to do. And they start to throw wrenches into the system, damaging mitochondria, damaging our energy output and killing off stuff, right? So we don't want too many of them. And that's what's happening with oxidative stress is you're getting this imbalance between your antioxidants and your free radicals. So you want to bring your free radicals down so that you have a less likelihood of aging and disease. And that's exactly what ozone therapy does because it creates more endogenous antioxidant enzymes in the body. So that, that means I'm naturally on my own, producing more antioxidants, that's going to help reduce the likelihood of aging and disease and protect my cells. And those would be kind of the four primary things that it's doing within the body. And then we can go more in depth on another angle if you want. I'd love to go deeper on some of these like practical uses. So we talked a decent amount about the insufflation uses. I feel like for moms and kids, the ear uses can be really fascinating because ear infections are more common in children because of the way their eustachian tubes are, um, as well as sinus infections are often more prevalent in children at certain ages. So I'm curious, how can you kind of walk us through how this method is used? Like how explain sort of how long, how we set this up, any safety considerations in using it this way? Yeah. So another way to look at ozone is that it's a really powerful antifungal, antibacterial, antivirucidal, and all that good stuff. But yeah. So if my kids get like an ear infection and Wesley actually did, uh, I think like a month ago, but, uh, we don't need antibiotics for that kind of thing. And the reason is, is because I can take some ozone gas and I can push it into his ears and that'll wipe it out. And it does it pretty quickly and it's really good at doing it. So ozone is probably, I, I don't know if there's anything better there could be, 
but I think it's one of the best things that I've ever come across for like ear and sinus infections, because uh, it's more potent than antibiotics. It doesn't have any of the downside of negative effects affecting like the biome and all that stuff. Because once it's used, it basically reverts back to oxygen. So you push in the ozone gas into the ears, and that actually does affect the sinuses. It does affect the throat because there's these little tubules in the ears that connect all this stuff. So you can push it into the ears and kind of have a full head treatment. That ozone gas goes in and dismantles the bacteria, the fungus, or the virus, and uh, it reverts back into oxygen once it's done. And it's really, really effective at doing that. So essentially... You just do it like twice a day uh, for kids. I usually don't give like recommendations or advice on that, but I can say what I did with my kids. So I took like a small syringe, which is like 60 cc's. It's not very big. I drop this ozone gas and I put a Q-tip on the end of it. And then I push it into their ear and I do that twice a day. And that, that gets rid of it. We've even had great success from like customers and clients telling us that with like chronic ear infections too, there was one mom who uh, she called and I used to be on the phone with the company too. Right. So I kind of naturally grew with this whole thing, which was really cool. Uh, Cause I used to do shipping and phones and all that stuff. But uh, I remember she called in and was like, kind of, you know, had a concern, concerned tone. And it was something of the answer. Like she had accidentally broke her ozone machine or something like that. And uh, she was saying, like, this is the first thing I've used that has helped my son with his chronic ear infections. And he's finally, like, making progress to where he doesn't have them. But I, I'm really scared to stop doing it because I don't want him to come back. So we ended up, like, overnighting our machine so she could do it. But I have, like, dozens of times something like that has happened where a parent has been able to get rid of, like, chronic ear infections with it. So, yeah, it's really, really helpful for that stuff. And you know, the other side of it, looking at like antibiotics or something like that has such detrimental long-term effects that they are the last thing I would probably look at, you know, not the first line. Yeah. Not to mention, I've had pediatricians on this podcast before who explained the vast majority of ear infections are cannot be effectively treated with antibiotics because they're not caused by something that antibiotics are effective against and that most resolve on their own or with natural treatments in the same amount of time that the antibiotics could resolve it if they were going to work. So often people are using these and they might have a placebo effect, but we're decimating gut bacteria in the name of treating an ear infection and it might not even be effective. And of course, I'm with you. Like I would like to avoid antibiotics whenever possible. And I know they certainly have their time and their place. And I'm grateful they're there in those times and places. But um, it's also no secret in the US that we tend to overuse them and that antibiotic resistance is becoming quite a big problem. So when there's a natural alternative that is considered safe, uh, it seems like always a much better first line of defense. At least that's always been my take on it. This episode is sponsored by Zero Acre Farms, an innovative and healthy alternative to seed oils. You probably know that seed oils are a huge problem. They've been linked to widespread health and environmental issues, yet they are in practically everything we eat. And that's because seed oils are cheap and they're found in most restaurant and packaged foods. They are unfortunately very high in inflammatory linoleic acid and omega-6 fatty acids. But Zero Acre Farms is here to change that. Their cultured oil is an all-purpose cooking oil with over 90% heart-healthy and heat-stable monounsaturated fat meaning it has more monounsaturated fat than even olive and avocado oil, and up to 10 times less omega-6 fats than even olive and avocado oils. Cultured oil contains less than 3% omega-6, while olive and avocado contain up to 21% or more. 
Their oil also has a high smoke point, 485 degrees, and a clean neutral taste, making it perfect for everything from cooking to baking and salad dressings. And it serves as a one-to-one -one replacement for all liquid oils. It's great for frying, roasting, sauteing, stir-frying, baking, dressing, drizzling, and baking. I love the neutral taste and I've been using it in my baking and salad dressing and even in homemade mayo. Since it's made by fermentation, cultured oil has a 10 times smaller environmental footprint than vegetable oils. And it uses 85% less land than canola oil and requires 99% less water than olive oil. It's infinitely recyclable aluminum packaging completely blocks UV light, which prevents oxidation and it's gluten-free, vegan and glyphosate residue free certified and allergen friendly, as well as Whole30 approved. Zero Acre Farms is offering you free shipping on your first order. You can get free shipping by going to wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash zero acre. That's Z-E-R-O-A-C-R-E. -E. Make sure to use the code wellnessmama at checkout. This episode is sponsored by Juve Red Light. You guys know how seriously I take my health routine and Red Light has been a non-negotiable part of that routine for years. I'm sure you've heard me talk about Juve before. It's spelled J-O-O-V-V and I use it to support healthy cellular function, which is the foundation of health. Having healthy cellular function gives me peace of mind that my body is working efficiently and has the energy it needs to go throughout the day. There are also many clinically proven benefits to red light therapy, and I've personally experienced changes in my skin and hair, and I support my thyroid through red light. I love that Juve's modular design allows for a variety of setup options that gives you flexibility. Plus, the treatments are super easy and can be done in as little as 10 minutes. So all I have to do is relax and let my body take in the light. Juve offers several different size options, including a wireless handheld device called the Juve Go. That's great for targeting specific areas around your body, like sore joints or sore muscles. You can check out all of Juve's products today. And while you're there, Juve is offering my listeners an exclusive discount on their first order. Just go to juve.com slash wellnessmama and apply my code wellnessmama to your order. Again, that's J-O-O-V-V.com slash wellnessmama to pick up a juve today and use the code wellnessmama to save. You mentioned a few minutes ago making ozone water and I would love for selfishly personal use because I now have an ozone machine and I've been learning how to use it. Um, just kind of a primer on how to do this so that I can make this in my own home and sort of like, how do I make it? How do I store it? Uh, how much to consume? Everything to do with ozone water. Yeah. So ozone water is when you take the gas and you infuse it into the water and it saturates it with ozone. It doesn't last very long though, because remember I mentioned that ozone is unstable. That means it starts to break back and break down and revert back into oxygen. So if I infuse water with ozone gas every 30 minutes, the strength of it reduces by 50%. So that means like in an hour, you would be at 25% of what you were when you first ozonated it in terms of strength. So you do have to use it pretty quickly. And that's why you can't just like bottle it and send it or can it and send it somewhere. It has to be made on site. And that, that goes for any ozone application. But yeah, you can lavage with wounds. Uh, limb bagging would honestly be better. So if you have like an infection, you can put a bag over the area and then infuse the ozone gas in there. But you could lavage it with uh, ozonated water. And that's going to be helpful for killing off the infection, stimulating collagen production uh, and regeneration and uh, stimulating growth factor as well. But probably the primary use of ozone water is people drink it is the most common. And the state of research on drinking ozone water is, is not very advanced. So like a lot of people are drinking it and saying, I get this result. It helps with my Lyme disease. It helps with my brain fog, whatever. You know, it, it helps with like a lot of stuff people say. And so 
that's on one side where there's all this anecdote of it being helpful for people. On the research side of things, though, it's really only been studied for like Helicobacter pylori and uh, parasitic infections, uh, giardiasis, uh, things that are kind of stomach ulcers, things that are in the stomach, in the upper intestines and that kind of stuff. So the research basically says that seems to be pretty safe, helps to remove these infections, doesn't have damaging effect on the microbiome, but it's really good. Like, uh, I think they got rid of 76% of giardiasis using ozone water and uh, ozonated oil capsule pills. So you can take like capsules of ozone oil and get rid of that. But yeah, and but I drink it not every day, but you know, I still drink it because I don't see any downside to it. And there might be the upside of that it's helping with like the microbiome, or maybe it does have some systemic effect. So maybe it is helping with energy production and my body is able to metabolize better and use energy and mitigate oxidative stress. So that's generally how I use it. But yeah, it's essentially as far as actually setting it up, there's like this special bubbler. So there's like this glass apparatus piece. That's where the water is. And you have it connected to your machine. And then you have an oxygen tank and you turn your oxygen tank on, turn your machine on, and then it starts creating that ozone water. And then you just use it within 30 minutes. And you can drink like up to 16 ounces a day of ozonated water. Some people do more. I've heard of people drinking like up to a gallon, which is a lot. Uh, I don't think that's necessary, but yeah, I would say just drinking like a, a glass of it a day. Um, if you have some stomach issues, could be pretty helpful. Yeah, I'm excited to experiment, especially maybe first thing in the morning on an empty stomach and when the body's naturally a little bit dehydrated from sleep, trying small amounts of ozone water so I can gauge the effect and also try it with my kids. So I'm excited for that. And you also mentioned ozonated oil, which is it something else that we can make with your system? And if so, how do you make and use ozonated oil? Yeah. So ozonated oil is generally used in the skin, in the mouth, and you can digest it. Um, on the skin, a lot of people use it for beauty care because uh, there's studies on it showing that it helps to regenerate collagen, stimulate growth factor. So that means nicer skin, but it also has antiseptic properties. So like in the term, in terms of like acne, it can help to eliminate infections, reduce inflammation and all that kind of stuff. So that's the most common use is like beauty care, um, is that it's used for, but really where it shines is infections. So if there's like an infection, like I got this cat bite, I think it was like two years ago now, you know, I, I grew up with cats and I have cats, so I'm just kind of used to like cats kind of biting it. Right. Or like nipping at you. But this cat was a neighbor cat and he was kind of harassing my, uh, my toddler at the time. And so I went out there and was like, Oh, I'll just pick the cat up and take him home and get rid of him. Cause he's kind of harassing my kids, but he didn't like that. So he really sunk his teeth into my wrist. Um, and it penetrated like as deep as his tooth would go. And I didn't think much of it. It was the worst cat bite I had ever had, but I uh, didn't think much of it. And a couple of days later, my arm was like swollen up to past my elbow, like really bad. It was like a balloon. And I was like, oh, well, what happens when that reaches my heart? <laughs> it's probably not good. Started to research on it. And yeah, it can actually turn into like a serious infection with all sorts of issues. So I talked to my doctor, told him about it. And, you know, I'd started doing ozone at that point, too. And he gave me some antibiotics. I never took them. Uh, I just wanted them there kind of as a like safety precaution because you know i don't want to play with like my life or quality of life uh so but i i ended up just with ozonated oil and ozone limb bagging getting rid of the infection uh pretty quickly and that's really where this stuff shines like the ozonated oil um is diabetic ulcers non-healing wounds 
And, and people almost don't believe you. Like you could talk to a podiatrist and be like, yeah, this closes up like non-healing wounds and diabetic ulcers. And we've had multiple times within a week, those start to close up, even if they've been open for a really long time. So it's really, really good at that. But as far as, uh, yeah, use at home, if there's something on the skin that you don't like, you can give it a shot and, uh, it'll probably help to a degree. I think it really shines in the infections and you can make it at home. I don't generally recommend making it at home. And the reason is, is like, if you actually have like infection or non-healing wound or something up that alley, I would say, just get the professional strength stuff. It's like 20 times stronger like the stuff that we make. And you just can't get that strength out of what you're doing at home. So you can take the ozone and bubble it through oil and it starts to saturate the oil. Uh, the difference with ozonated oil and ozonated water is that it's much more stable. So it stabilizes as an ozonide or a peroxide actually in the oil. And that has like a two-year shelf life. So it doesn't just like revert back into oxygen or anything. It's much more stable. So you can make it at home and you essentially just have to run the ozone gas into the oil for, you know, four to eight hours, which is kind of a long time. You end up using a lot of oxygen and then you have to get more oxygen. So I think it's kind of a, a here's what I tell people. If you like DIY projects and that's something fun for you, uh, then go for it. But you're really not going to save, you, you'll save a little bit, but you're really not going to save much money or time as opposed to just buying it. So I, I think buying it is better just from the perspective of strength. It's more stable. You also run the risk of creating aldehyde, specifically formaldehyde in ozonated oil if it gets too hot. So uh, I think there's some obstacles to making it at home, but but it is good. Like I, I think it has a great net positive effect. Um, so I just generally not my go-to to make it at home. Gotcha. I'm curious if you made it at home, it obviously wouldn't be as strong like you said, but I've been a big fan of doing the practice of oil pulling for a long time, which is swishing oil in the mouth for, and so I wonder, could that give an extra little boost to oral health, even if it's not going to be as strong as the one you'd want to use on like a wound, for instance? 100%. So like you could do oil pulling with ozonated oil and the added benefit of that is like, well, the, the reason we do oil pulling, right, is the teeth are like tubules. So there's all these little tunnels and things that it has to go through and it takes a while for an oil to get deep down into the tooth where an infection might be present. So that's why you oil pull, because it gives you 15, 20 minutes of getting it down there. With ozonated oil, it has the added benefit of being an antiseptic. So now you took that ozone oil, you have the base effects of it, which are positive, some antiseptic properties, you know, in olive oil itself. Um, but now you've really made it a lot stronger by ozonating it. So it's much more capable of uh, getting rid of the infection. And I know dentists that say it helps with like remineralizing teeth and things of that nature. I don't know a ton on that because um, I don't think there's any great research saying that, but that's more like clinically dentists will use it for that. And as you talked about how ozone can be naturally antiviral, antibacterial, et cetera. I'm curious if people are using ozone for the first time, can they experience kind of a Herxheimer or die-off reaction from it being so powerful? Yeah, 100%. So you have to respect it as a therapy. And so a Herxheimer reaction is when you have a burdened immune system. So you have pathogens and bugs floating around your body. Well, what happens when you turn the immune system on? It creates a bunch of you know, kills off the pathogens, creating a bunch of endotoxins, making you feel pretty sick. So that's avoidable. And the way to avoid it, if somebody's really sick, they should be talking with a practitioner and like kind of going through a protocol and a program, like especially in the case of severe Lyme, mold toxicity, because they're going to go through some of the lifestyle changes that need to happen, opening up detox pathways, and then implementing ozone. 
but it, regardless, it's always good to start low with ozone. Like I said, people just, you know, tend to not realize how strong the therapy is. And when it's in your own home, you just don't respect it the same, but yeah, you need to start low and go slow. And so we have like protocols that outline that actually sending out an email with an updated protocol list tomorrow, but just following that and not just jumping full bore into the, like the, the full dose, uh, that's really the best way to avoid the Herxheimer reaction. Uh, cause that can lay out for a few days. So it's totally avoidable though. And I listened to you, I believe it was on Luke's Stories podcast, when you explained the difference in certain types of ozone equipment and how you really want to be careful of what type of equipment you're getting and the materials used, because some of the less, like the cheaper models might actually have something that is interacting negatively with the ozone, making it not only less beneficial, but potentially harmful. Can you explain sort of what to look out for when someone is looking at buying ozone equipment? Yeah. And part of me doesn't like talking on this topic because I sell equipment, but, you know, I try as best as I can to be more just an advocate for the therapy and journalist and that kind of thing. But so ozone is unstable, right? It's a very unstable molecule, which means that it wants to pull other stuff apart. So if you put it onto like a latex glove, you would see it in real time just start to rip up and disappear. Well, why? Because it's it's oxidizing that glove. That glove is not made of material that is resistant to ozone. So you have materials that are not resistant to ozone. And when the ozone interacts with them, it breaks them down, producing like microplastics or metals or different things. And then if you're putting that into the body, obviously no bueno. So you don't want to do that. But yeah, with machines, uh, people always try to find workarounds in terms of like DIYing it or finding like cheap ones. Or there's even some companies out there that just produce junk uh, just because there's a market for it, right? So they kind of see an opportunity there. And uh, the the most important thing is that all the materials within the ozone generator are resistant to ozone, meaning they won't have a reaction. There's just not a reaction available for them to have. So that's not going to produce microplastics or metals or anything like that. So there's really only three companies in the United States that if I was a consumer looking at would recommend. So there's us, Simply O3, Longevity, and Promolife. I think the most important thing is that you're 100% comfortable with whatever company you choose. But th- those are good companies. Outside of that, don't don't buy anything for ozone therapy, I would say. there I haven't seen anything else that I think is like, yeah, that's that's good to use. And there's a number of other companies out there that just cut corners, don't do quality control, or just don't even know. They just find a supplier, start selling the stuff, and really just aren't educated on it. So I think it's important because when you're trying to get better, you don't want to introduce additional toxicity into the body because, like we said, first do no harm. And so I think if you're doing that, you could potentially be introducing harm to your body and it's, you know, totally avoidable. So, yeah, I appreciate the the explanation there on what to watch out for. I've seen some of these uh, kind of cheaper ozone machines that I would guess have some of those problems and that just seem to have bad reviews and that they stop working relatively quickly. Um, and I've so far been really enjoying getting to try yours and I'm excited to now try some of these new uses that I just learned about from you and implement them in my house. At the end of interviews, there's a few questions I love to ask. The first being if there is a book or number of books that have profoundly impacted your life and if so, what they are and why. Uh, I would say the Bible is number one, you know, I was raised in a Christian home and still have a faith in that. And that really just has been a catalyst to a lot of my ideals, right? Of like doing business with integrity and how you deal with people and just the concepts of giving. And, you know, it's obviously a huge thing that people spend their lives studying. So, you know, people are aware that there's a lot there. 
but yeah, that would be number one. Number two would probably be how to win friends and influence people. Like uh, five years ago, I couldn't do this podcast with you just because I was so, I think, selfish in a way, insecure, right? <laughs> like insecurity, it, it can correlate with that. So I think I just wouldn't have been able to get a word out and and talk. And so that, that book was really helpful, though, and just like putting on uh, some really helpful tools to uh, be able to interact with people. I know that's more from a personal perspective, not ozone therapy. Specifically, ozone therapy, though, uh, type 2 diabetes breakthrough was a big one, not because it was so like novel and mind blowing and all that kind of stuff, but just the timing of it. Uh, being in the two different paradigms, one conventional, one natural, and kind of at conflict with what I was hearing. And that was really just kind of introduced at a good time that allowed me to ask some questions that was really helpful. But yeah, I, I've read a ton of books, um, just self-help business and that kind of stuff. And those have all been beneficial. And then ozone therapy, there's not a ton of great books on it, to be honest. I'm actually writing one. It's I think we're going to call it the ozone breakthrough. It should be out in like six weeks or something like that. But that'll be, I think, better than any other book I've read out there on ozone therapy so far. You know, hopefully in a couple of years, I'll have another better one. But And I know you guys also have a really comprehensive guide on your website. I'll make sure to link to the website so people can find all of the resources and educational information, as well as links to all the products that you guys have. I also am curious because we talked about biohacking a little bit at the beginning and you mentioned ice baths and some of the other things you've tried. And with all that you know about health and wellness, what is your personal sort of 80-20, your non-negotiables that you implement as a regular part of your routine? Well, as far as tools, uh, it would be ozone therapy, sauna, and ice bath. So those would be like the three tools that I go to. And coincidentally, they're all hormetic therapies, right? So they're inducing small amount of stress. But yeah, beyond that, it's just like good sleep, good air, good water, uh, good food, good connection with other people. Like I try not to overcomplicate it. I think, like you said, it's about the 80-20. So keeping your eyes on the basics is really is what's going to produce the best health and not getting lost in the novelty of all these like hacks and things you can do because there's so much you can do. But um, is methylene blue really that helpful when you're eating fast food every day? Probably doesn't overcome that. So focus on that first. And I'm a big fan of actually just like working outside on projects. One, I think it's like therapeutic in a way and an opportunity for me to teach my kids stuff and talk with them and converse with them and involve them on something that feels productive for me and a learning experience for them. So, but it also uh, never thought about it this way growing up, but now being in biohacking, you you get all the grounding, you get all the exposure to the microbes. I think the exercise being very functional in that like you're chopping wood or laying mulch or building something or whatever it is is a really good functional exercise. And you usually do it for a few hours at a time. So you get good exercise out of it. But yeah, I I think it's, it's simple in that, like, don't overcomplicate it. I love that. And I will say in over 600 episodes of this podcast, that seems to be an emerging trend among experts, not a trend, an emerging theme with experts is that you can't out supplement a bad diet, you can't out biohack any of these fundamentals, which are that we are humans meant to live in our environment as humans. So get sunlight, get sleep, have good community, and then build from there. Like these advanced biohacks are not going to save you from a lack of those sort of core foundational things that we need as humans. And I love that you put that so well in your explanation. And lastly, probably not a question you've gotten on a podcast about ozone before, but I have a note that you have uh, also that you make really large Scrabble boards. And I just want to hear a little bit about this because I love entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship. And this is what I've not heard about. I love it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's more of just like kind of a for fun thing, but I have this friend that he's worked at. So I'm in Michigan, right? It's the automotive center of the world, or I don't know if it still is, but it was at one point. And so there's all these factories here for working on cars and that kind of stuff. And so my friend works at um, one of these factories on the line and he's gone to the same job for 10 years, hating his job every single day. He does it because he's a good guy and he's trying to provide for his family and do some stuff, but he really feels kind of locked in with it. And so I've been trying to help some of my friends like find success in their businesses. So I have like one friend that I've helped and he's done pretty well now. And then, you know, I just, I just am kind of like, oh, that's, that sucks. Like I want other people to enjoy their work and what they do. So I've been playing on this giant Scrabble board for a few years. That's like eight foot by eight foot. And it has these big old tiles and it's actually pretty fun. It sounds kind of stupid. Um, and to a lot of people, it might be if you don't like Scrabble, but I think it's pretty fun. And you spread it out on like the deck and the sun or on the yard. And you just kind of have a game and converse with people for a few hours. And that's really what it is about is just the connection with other people and having some sort of activity that you can kind of focus on at the same time. But so where these kind of intersect is it was like, oh, well, we can make a business selling these giant Scrabble boards to people and we'll just essentially funnel most of the profits to my friend so he can get out of his uh, out of his job and hopefully have a, a job that he actually enjoys going to and enjoys doing and that kind of stuff. So we started that up and yeah, it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's really lighthearted. We can kind of be goofy with it and call it Yarble. So it's Yarble.com. But um, yeah, that's not my mainstay. It's just like a side thing for fun. And I, I tend to get like uh, excited about doing stuff outside of ozone therapy. And so I've been expanding into other areas as this business has become more really like the people, like you said, like Todd or, or whoever else that have been just so important for its like stability and continuing to grow. And, and I've become a little bit less required. So I'm in a space where I can do that kind of stuff. Well, that's so fun. And I'm a big fan of habit stacking. And I love that it sounds like that's a game you can play with friends and family outside and it's engaging your brain. So it seems like a win all around. And I'm really grateful for you being here today and educating us about ozone. I'm excited to keep using it myself and to keep learning more. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It's a huge honor. And thank you to all of you, as always, for listening and sharing your most valuable resources, your time, your energy, and your attention with us today. We're both so grateful that you did. And I hope that you will join me again on the next episode of the Wellness Mama podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me? Doing this helps more people to find the podcast, which means even more moms and families can benefit from the information. I really appreciate your time and thanks as always for listening.